What's up guys, welcome back to the Daily Snap. Today we're going to break down a community deck. Uh, this is a deck coming from a member of our community, and his name is Darth Tater. Shout out to you, sir. Uh, we were playing on stream the other night, he said he had a Negasonic deck that he was liking and was feeling. I said, ship it, I want to play it. And this is what we came back with. We played some games with it, and then we played a battle mode with it also uh, against Safety Blade. And that video will be coming out tomorrow, so stay tuned if you want to watch it, subscribe. Uh, but the this particular deck was a lot of fun. You know, Negasonic is a card that came out. I was very excited for it. I was very high on it, you know. And in the last 10 or so days, it hasn't really got a moment to shine yet. Um, but this deck did feel really good. It felt really comfortable playing it. I was excited playing it. And I'm looking forward to trying... Um, trying to get as much information on Negasonic, you know, over the weekend and things like that. There is another list that I'm planning on trying out, which was a list that was sent to us by Safety Blade, so we're going to play some games with that also. Check it out, maybe modify this and maybe modify his a little bit, um, but that's the concept here, is we're going to spend the next couple days learning the ins and outs of Negasonic and kind of giving maybe more of an updated review of where the cards are in March. Uh, considering I was able to, to acquire three of the four of them. I didn't get Kitty Pride, but Scott did. So on the next one, uh, on the next podcast, Scott and I will break down the top four cards and walk through all the plays that we've enjoyed with it. But this is the list. Going to get in some gameplay. Going to break this down real quick. So we have Korg, Black Widow, Daredevil, Lizard, Mr. Fantastic, Storm, Negasonic, Teenage Warhead, Darkhawk, Shang-Chi, Spider-Man, Professor X, and Gamora. At the end of this video, after the gameplay, I'm going to break down what I would change about this list moving forward and how we're going to adapt uh, the style and just different things that I think you could work with within this type of concept. At its core, we are a Daredevil control deck utilizing Negasonic along with Spider-Man and along with Gamora uh, and Professor X to truly understand how to win, basically try and win the game on turn 5 as often as possible. So... Check out the gameplay, guys. I'll break down some of my thoughts on the deck throughout. And at the very end, again, we're going to have uh, changes that I would make to this list moving forward. Lastly, comment in the section below your favorite Marvel character. We're giving away two season passes this week, guys. We've been all of our videos have had this pitch. The top five videos, which will be at the end here, is the video that explains everything. But two season passes this week, given away for free. Let me let me buy your hit monkey. Comment below your favorite Marvel character. All right, let's check out gameplay. All right, guys, let's break down this deck, right? So uh, we have a couple themes here. We have the Daredevil theme. We have the low-end Darkhawk theme with the Korg Black Widow Darkhawk, um, which could be some of the problematic things. We get a little lucky early, early on here, and we hit Subterranea in the first game that we're playing with the deck. And I got a rule about Darkhawk. When Subterranean flips and you're playing a Darkhawk deck, you should snap. I'm telling you. That's it, fine if you don't have the Darkhawk in your hand. If you have five of them, what are you going to do? You can never you know, you can never win that anyway if you don't draw your win conditions. But when you draw your Darkhawk, he's insane. So you got to play it. Uh, this is an interesting gameplay in states. Cloning Vats is great. We get the Iron Man. Uh, he gets a Silver Surfer for basically zero value, so we feel really good about that one, too. Cloning Vats with Darkhawk, Cloning Vats with Spider-Man, um, Cloning Vats with Gomora, all really, really good cards, uh, all really good ways to win, but uh, I digress, right? So we, we really liked this list. It was really different. It was really interesting, 
and it definitely utilized Negasonic incredibly well, uh, which is the coolest thing about it, in all honesty, because this is a card that you need to have priority for, and need to be ahead. Having cards like Mr. Fantastic uh, do a wonderful job of getting you priority early. Having uh, the dare having the Daredevil is wonderful because it you know helps you figure out your certain five plays. Very often on turn five we have um, Spider Man or the uh, Professor X. Most of the cases, but we also have Gamora. So if we need to match that way, we can also do it that way. Um, the Shang-Chi ended up being one of the, like, the worst cards in the deck, in all honesty. So that was definitely like, one of the first cards that I would consider moving out of here. But there are definitely a few ways to really go through this. Um, him having Iron Man left is really comical. Uh, so obviously he's a Mr. Negative deck. He got pretty lucky. But I can't fathom that in any which way that he's going to play this. Um... That he's going to beat our bazillion power dark dark here <laughs> so we just go to a 40 power center which is absolutely bonkers and i don't think he's going to get anywhere near that uh but hey i've been proven wrong before but the bishop having to come second only getting the 20 that's just not close enough <laughs> let's check out the next game and keep going through this deck list all right so we're getting into the second game here uh, we skipped ahead, of, didn't have a turn one play, but we ended up getting Korg on turn two. Getting the Korg early, I think, is really good. It, it's going to obviously help your overall game. Like This is a curved deck at the end of the day, so when you miss your one or you miss your two, you're definitely really behind. Uh, you're definitely specifically behind in priority, more than likely. So that's never a really good thing either, because we really need to have priority on turns three, well, on turn four and turn five, specifically for our... Um, you know, are, are kind of our combinations, but very often you'll see the line of play where it's Storm on three, and then um, Negastonic on four, and to protect our Storm lane. Now, there are some difficulties that we've seen playing through the decks already, where sometimes Storm plus Negastonic is actually not enough to win the Storm lane, and we don't really have any other ways to interact with our Storm lane, so some more considerations for sure moving forward. But all in all, it it's the concepts that are in this deck that makes it as powerful, I think, as it should be or can be, is that taking these little pieces of information, utilizing them and moving forward and kind of going through that process of, okay, you know, this subsection of the deck works, this subsection of the deck works, but maybe the outlining shadow of it isn't working. Um, so that's like just really good information, you know, for deck building in general, which is what I really like when I, when I think of my own self as a deck builder in any game, I'm honestly, I believe there's creators and then there's toolers and people that can create deck, you know, decks are phenomenal. They have this ability to just use the knowledge they have within the game to have a core concept of start. And that's something to be really proud about really often in all honesty, I'm the opposite, where every once in a while I'll be able to create something out of thin air and, and feel really comfortable about it and feel really good about it, but more often than not, I'm able to take someone's creation and retool it to in a, to put it in a better place, uh, which I think is just as important in deck building, and I think it's a really important information, you know, and then you also just, you have players that are just good at playing good decks, uh, and I think the best players can kind of do all three, which is important. So this is kind of where I'm taking this type of video in this particular list 
is that I believe Darth Tater had something really good started here, and I just want to take it and continue that and tool it to put it, the deck in a better place because that's what I'm best at doing in card games. Let's take a look at game three here. Obviously, if you're watching along on the side, our opponent retreated on turn four. We were going to Spider-Man lock them out of Avenger Compound, locked them out of Storm, and they kind of just would have been in a lot of trouble for the rest of the game. <laughs> so that's a big perk of this deck for sure. All right, game three. Uh, this is a, another wonderful lesson in Marble Snap. Peak. When Peak flips on one, you should snap. People think I'm crazy, right? Like most decks, honestly, a lot of decks in the game, for the most part, are terrible into peak. Now there are decks that are very good into it. Uh, even more recently, there's actually a, a fair amount of decks that are very good into it. Like Bounce is now coming around. That's really good into it. Mr. Negative is really good into it. Um, you know, and there are there are a lot of there are some other decks that are pr pr specifically good into it. But a lot of the best decks in the game are bad, right? I mean, like, Sherry is awful into peak, especially if they just have their big guys in their hand. It's terrible. Um, Thanos is, in particular, not great into peak whatsoever. But this deck, this deck looks like fire on peak because now we are able to uh, turn four, right? Or turn three, we can Professor X and just lock a lane out of the game, totally put our opponent on a, on a straight coin flip, and really just screw him over, which is insanity. Having the uh, the Fantastic early was wonderful, but our opponent still hasn't played a card yet even up until turn three. So this is on turn three, and he still hasn't played a card yet, so we're super ahead. Playing a coin flip either way here, we know he won't play Yodaheim, but, and I think if, he, if we play Professor X right, the long term we still win, which is very interesting. Um, we find out that he's a discard deck, which is great, so he's probably just a Modoc deck in general, but we get the left win here easily, and now we get to play Storm on the right, and then we can back up the Storm on the right with Negasonic, and our opponent just retreats. This is just another great example of A, the lockout portion of this deck, and B, the ability for Peak to just flat out lose players' games. All right. I've been liking to include uh, particular lessons learned in games uh, in videos, and this is going to be that lesson learned in game, but it's more of a rant about a particular location that came out that I cannot stand, uh, because it just really, really hurts the outcome of certain decks in the game, and it, it feels it like, not where it's like Sanctum, or you can't do this, but even that one is a really bad one, but Asteroid M, man, do I hate this card. <laughs> I, I cannot stand it. Let's listen in live real quick. You know what's even more talk? I guess we could... No, we can't. It's so bad. This is the worst location. I fucking hate... I hate this location. Fucking hate... This is the reason why I lost a bunch of cubes. Because I was playing Negasonic decks on fucking Asteroid M. It's terrible. All right, so that was our live listening, right? Because <laughs> these decks were, these games were recorded live, uh, and that was my initial reaction. But we try and digress and try and win around them, right? And the core problem here is we had to storm our Asteroid M, which just, like, didn't feel good, uh, where we wanted to storm Wakanda. But now, because we stormed right, we're behind on priority, which means our Negasonic isn't good uh, at all. We have to now play Darkhawk. And he just zeroed a Maximus, so like he's beating us anyway. 
and there's no way for us to win this lane ever because A, he had Sunspot on it, B, he had Maximus on it, but the whole point was that Asteroid M completely crushed any concept we had, and when he snaps, there's just no reason to stay in the game. We're never going to get ahead on pri priority, so we're never going to be able to use Negasonic. We can't afford, we can't Professor X right, uh, mid because we just lose pretty much any card he plays. If we play Gamora, it's probably just not good enough in most in most times. And yeah, this just feels really bad that a location just completely destroyed the entire concept of our deck. And it just makes it feel really, really bad when those things happen. But it's really about the lessons learned of this is the point is that we knew we couldn't win this game. And because we cannot win this game, we have to get out of the game. And even though you can see me running through a million different play lines here, none of them really matter. And the whole end result is we need to walk away from the game because we just can't win. And that's something that you have to take into understanding is that there are locations that just cause you to lose and that's okay. Just get away from the games, walk away. That's why there's a retreat button. Let's talk about the changes and final breakdown of this deck in the end draft. Alright, so while I thought the list was very good, I thought the core and everything was really working, there are definitely some things that I would consider changing. Uh, first and foremost, the Darkhawk just doesn't feel good enough. I feel like you could just get better value out of other options, and because of that I think I would remove it together. Uh, the other combination that, was, that could feel really awkward is when you Black Widow late. So if you don't have Black Widow on 2, uh, and you're playing it later, and it's also like around the same time, like my option was on turn five, I could play Black Widow and then play Negasonic, which felt like an okay line when I wasn't thinking, but the more I seen it come up, I'm like, oh wait, if we play Negasonic and then Widow, or Widow and the Negasonic, that means they can just Widow's Bite the, the Negasonic lane, and then I lose my four power for a zero cost, and then they get to play whatever they want for free anyway. So it was kind of a nombo in the sense that if your opponent didn't play the Widow's Bite for whatever reason, honestly, um, it would suck. But if you get it on two, if you get it on curve, it's really good because you you know you knock off a draw, you get you fill up a space for them, and then you get the Negasonic later. You normally a Negasonic on like four in this deck, but sometimes you were playing on three if you were ahead of priority. Um, so that was the real that was like the first take is that Darkhawk just doesn't feel great in this list. And I would absolutely consider removing Darkhawk, removing Korg, and removing Black Widow, and just playing like more generic good cards. Some of the thoughts that I had were just Iceman Scorpion, obviously, uh, always a good line. Um, Sunspot is always a powerful thing. You can never really go wrong with it. If you were looking for more of a disruption route, you could also just go with the Hood and then Viper route. I think that's an okay option. It also gives you another like another card to unlock a little bit later but the hood viper route is pretty sweet um and then the dark hawk can be crossbones which is, which is what we kind of brainstormed on stream which i really liked uh jessica jones also is like a follow-up to storm is always a pretty fine option having 10 power is great um so yeah i would aim for jessica jones or storm probably specifically Another good one could be just playing a uh, rescue because rescue into Spider-Man is very powerful uh, as like a turn as like a one-two punch is another way to like utilize uh, your plays pretty well. But with Daredevil, I think Daredevil and rescue are kind of a nombo in a way, so that's kind of maybe a reason why I would stay away from it. But it is an option uh, that I kind of want to go through. 
The last card here that I thought was really bad in a lot of the matches was Shang-Chi. Right now, all the types of decks in the game, you don't really see like a very high-end amount of like big guys in decks that aren't just specifically behind Cosmos or Armor. So like since Negasonic is playing the role of a way to kill a card behind Cosmo, that feels okay and you can get away with it. But since Shang-Chi isn't, it just feels really out of place in this list. Uh, and I kind of just wanted to utilize that spot as an additional way to win lanes that we've locked up. So for Spider-Man as an example, you know, when we Spider-Man a lane, uh, on the final turn, being able to put, being able to play Doctor Doom would be really great because we could Doctor Doom and put a five power into the Storm lane that maybe we were just missing. And then we could put five power into the Spider-Man lane that we were just missing. Um, so I think that's a really nice little addition to the list. Another option could be just playing Tatiana. Tatiana is another card that like is really good in certain situations uh, with Spider-Man and like with even with um, Negasonic as an example. So basically, what it can do with Negasonic is that you can play uh, on a, like on curve, like on turn four, you can be like Tatiana Negasonic. So then you you pass the Tatiana them. So which is basically doing two things: a, it's preventing them from playing a card there. For two reasons. One, if they play a card there, they it gets blown up to Negasonic, and then they shove the Tatiana back to you. But what it also gives, it gives you the ability to later on play a card there if you so choose to blow up your own card and then steal back the Tatiana, which I think is really which which is I think is a really good note to add. But lastly, it also just incentivizes it's just bad incentive incentives across the board for the lane which I think is great, but it's also really good with Spider-Man, right? So if I want a Spider-Man later on, I can like Spider-Man, if I if I go Negasonic and uh, Tatiana on four, I can Tatiana, Negasonic, push the, the, the Tatiana to my opponent's side, and then I can Spider-Man on five. So Spider-Man, lock the lane, blow up Spider-Man, blow up Negasonic, but then I get to pull the Tatiana back to be ahead in that lane. And then that's also where the Doctor Doom comes in, is that when in doubt, if I have to, I can Doctor Doom later on, put an extra 5 power on that lane and win the lane that way. But all in all, I just think I'm looking for A, another way to interact with the Storm lane, and B, another way to interact with Negasonic when I'm ahead in a lane, uh, where Doctor Doom does a really good thing of all of those things. Um, so that's what I really like, but the core concept here of the Daredevil uh, with the Spider-Man, with the Professor X, with the Gamora, and with the Negasonic as like a fourth enabler for Daredevil is all really good synergies, and I really like the entire takeaway of this deck as a whole. So again, shout out to Negatator, just kidding, Darth Tater. Uh, if you didn't know, in our region, he is third or fourth, he's in the top five for play uh, for, for the players that play Nimrod, which I thought was really awesome when I saw the stats come out. Really cool that he enjoyed that card way more than I did. I only played the card like 19 times, he played the card like 900 times. So <laughs> shout out to again to Darth Tater. Um, I love doing decks like this. I love doing community highlights. Whenever anyone is in the community has a deck to present and I have time for it, I will gladly take the deck, play it on stream a bit, and break it down and be able to, to share it with you, um, all the different ways and concepts for it. So thanks again for the community this week. A lot of fun on stream this week. You'll be catching me more and more on stream moving forward. Uh, now that I have kind of a set schedule ahead of me, I'll be able to Definitely going to inform you guys more often of when I'm going to be streaming, but that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday is pretty much a lock for me to be uh, streaming as much as possible. But again, community deck of the spotlight of the day was Negasonic. 
called it the Negatator deck, but really it's a it's a it's basically a Daredevil control with the addition of Negasonic. So thanks again, everyone, for hanging out. Reminder: comment below your favorite Marvel character. We're giving away two season passes this week uh, before the season comes. But you also you got to subscribe to the channel. We need to get to 1K. Uh, for the creator program. If you're not sure exactly what I'm talking about, video right here, right here, right here. Uh, top five decks to, in the final weekend of the game, get you to infinite. But in that list, we go through why we're going through the season pass and why it's important for us to hit 1K. Thank you guys for watching. Enjoy, subscribe, like, comment your favorite Marvel character. Catch you guys in the next one. See ya.